On this episode of Trading Camp Investing Like Champions, we interview the guys from OBR Investing. They talk about their story, how traders can benefit from OBR today, and why we are still in the early innings of the retail trading space. This episode is brought to you by Kane Capital, a trading community 8,000 strong, focused on education and personal growth. Link in the notes to join for free today. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name. When last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Trading Camp Investing Like Champions. This is now episode nine. Noah and I are back. We're ready to go. We got another interview for you guys. Noah, how we doing? Alejandro, how we doing? I'm super excited to be back for episode number nine. Can't wait to get it going with OBR. I think it's going to be a great conversation. That's absolutely right. Listen, so Noah already mentioned it. We have OBR investing on the podcast tonight. Great group of guys. We're extremely excited to meet them. OBR Investing, if you're not familiar with them, they're a group of traders and investors who have created this broad community that really strives at gaining or helping people gain financial uh, literacy. So let's get things started. I'll start by introducing them one by one. We have Austin Cancilla, head analyst. We have Anderson Wynn, chief operating officer, and Ben Orchan, managing director. Fellas, how we doing? Doing amazing, doing amazing. How we doing? What's up, man? Nothing much, boys. It's funny that uh, that we're connected too, because Matt's not here. He should be here. <laughs> <laughs> Matt should be here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Matt is Coach Depka, and he was the one that connected us. Um, yeah. So it is funny that he's not here with us, but thankful that he got us, uh, you know, in contact. Obviously. And again, I really think this is going to be an awesome episode. So I want to start by asking you guys how OBR investing really came to be. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think like, I, I don't know, every time I get asked, I try to like not kick it off with the same lines because it always sounds like, oh, you're repeating the same things. But, you know, we were talking a little bit before. It's I always use this term like new age fin media. Um, that's the, really the direction that we've taken lately. Uh, and and really, you know, fiercely at that. So we started off uh, as a friends and family server, like back in October of 2020. Um, I think it was me and like two buddies from school and maybe like 50 or 100 people that like I just we just sent out like friends and family invites. Um, and from there, you know, it was kind of like one of those casual things. We we would get on in the morning, hang out for a bit, trade a bit, whatever it might be, you know, shoot the shit. Um, and that was about the extent of it for a few months. And then I think it was some point around like December, December, January, like going into the new year. Um, we were kind of like, okay, we're spending way too much time. We're either wasting our time or we could just see what we can make of this and actually take it seriously. And and you know, really put in the work to to make it more than it, what it was at the time, uh, which was literally 
a, a small, very small Discord server. Um, and that's when things really started to take off for sure. I think like the whole mindset really switched from then on really quickly after we kind of did that, we, I was connected, um, with Andy and Austin through a mutual, you know, he's actually shout out Woj. He, he's the guy that, uh, that, you know, me, Woj, he, we, we spoke with that prior to this, but he's the one that connected Austin and Andy, uh, to me through like the grapevine, you know, we, I think, I don't even know what it, like when I look back on it, it was like kind of spontaneous. It's very spontaneous. Yeah. It's kind of luck. All I remember was I got a DM from Nick Rogers saying like, yo, uh, I got a business proposal for you. You know, at this time, me and Austin were working our own entity. Uh, we opened it up during November. Uh, it was called Global Invest, but we closed it down now because we want to combine our mind power and manpower together to build a bigger platform in which that, you know, having more people on the team and a stronger community means you can build a stronger platform because working as individuals, you know, you can lack in many fronts and can't cover many and it makes a lot more work. It's to make the work more easier. We wanted to combine our power together. Andy, when me and you joined and when we first had that conversation with everyone and we, you know, we got to know each other, that's when stuff really got kickstarted, yeah. right? That's when we had this, this, um, we all kind of shared this similar drive, right? And we all, um, kind of shared the same goals, right? That That's at least what we figured out. And that's, um, not a common thing to come by, right? To find people who have similar interests and similar goals and that share the same passions as you is, is a really rare thing. So to see us come together, kind of in this not so planned spontaneous way is, is really quite amazing to me. Right. I never thought I would be here uh, where I am today. Uh, if you had told me like four years ago, you know what I mean? Uh, so quite, quite amazing how life works. All I remember was Austin hitting me up saying like, yo, you should start, uh, start a discord trading group or something like, you know, a trading group because. Well, cause we saw them all and, and we just thought we could do better. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's worth noting too. Like, when I look back on that, like I always think about, I'm like, you know, we, we like, we all have that, like, you know, you, me uh, and the rest of the admins, we have this, that same kind of mindset. So it's like when we got connected, you know, by whether it was like being naive or like by the like luck of God, you know, like we trusted each other really quickly, I think. And like, it was, I think it was like that type of connection that it was like, you know, we to get to the point that we all had the same idea of like we needed each other to make it happen otherwise it wouldn't happen without a doubt and that, you know and that was like part of like the you know really getting a whole ass team together you know like as soon as as soon as we onboarded like andy austin you know they had another buddy of theirs in their server that was trading as well um i already was like staffing our you know the other side of things so we had like a moderator crew already established for a few months. Uh, we had a few analysts on the panel, and we re that's when that's when we kind of were like, okay, you know, this is like getting real. Like we like we've never I've never met anybody here in person really for the most part, you know, and we're all like in this Discord in a call. Like I remember this the first time we all sat down in like a team meeting. I don't, you guys remember that at all? Like that's that what was, I was referring like, to. That's when it really all started when we all met yeah. and got together. Yeah. Like that was like that was like the most fired up shit ever. You know, like we like we got everybody together. And I remember I was like, all right, guys, like I'm gonna the only way this is gonna work is like we'll have like, you know, meetings and like we'll like like we you know what I mean? Like we have to see like who we can work with because I, honestly, like we talk to each other so much every single day that like if we weren't business partners first and then friends, you know what I mean? Like it's it would be 
such a different experience, but you know, we've all grown to just be so comfortable with each other to the point where, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, I'm, you know, met, it's like, I went to, I don't know, college or like high school with like Austin or Andy, you know? And like, it's kind of like, it, it, there was a really, a really smooth way to connect that. And I always talk about like, and Austin and Andy can attest to this too, you know, like we have so many hardworking people and we're, you know, we're lucky to, we're lucky to, to have those guys. Cause uh, every time we talk about it, people are like, yeah, like it sucks finding people who give a shit about something as much as you do. And like having, and not only that, but having them have like intrinsic motivation to it and, and have that be stable. Cause there's a lot of fucking ups, downs, you know, fires to be put out every day, obstacles to take care of. And so, yeah, we're, you know, fast forward to all that social media stuff. We, you know, we, I think, I think we've missed like, maybe I can count on my fingers, like how many times we've missed a post on like TikTok. Like we started that up in like February. Um, and we partnered up with them in like August. So that was also pretty dope. They reached out to us. You know, we, we have a, a whole thing going on with them as well. Uh, Instagram, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. I mean, I, Austin and Andy, I, I definitely want you guys to kind of fill in any gaps, but that's the that's the main stuff. Uh, I want to fill in some gaps. Uh, yeah, ever since we got together, all it's been is like immediately we hit it off. You know, developing the website, uh, re redesigned the whole Discord server. Uh, I learned how self code bots on my own. I'm a I'm a PA major. I'm a, like a health science going for PA school major, learning how to code on my spare time, you know, staying up late nights, you know, try to make the product of OBR amazing for users experience. You know, I'm trying to build something that uh, OBR and all the admins can, you know, combine their minds together in which that people can benefit from. Like, and a lot of, a lot of people have been, you know, the moderators notice the hard work that admins put up front. Like we don't just sit back, you know, we go and work with people because we want to strive to make something big and better out of OBR. And when people see that, staff start developing a motivation in which they like, whoa, OBR, like the OBR team is something different. Like, I want to be a part of this. I want to have the same drive as them. They motivate me, inspire me to be different, to break, you know, the bank in their family, to break the stereotypical uh, college student, you know, who just graduates, stays in debt, you know, we push beyond those limits. I think, I think Andy, that's a good point to touch upon. Like from like when we started really like, you know, like, like really sitting down and like being like, okay, we need to do this from, from January to June, like we were full force, full time mm -hmm. for, but we were completely free. Like, you know, we, we weren't on any monetization of any sort. This was, and like Andy said, this was simply to like develop the product. Cause the thing that we did, like when we were like, okay, we want to take this serious is that you know, like we had gained, like garnered some type of community between like October and like January, let's say like nothing, nothing, you know, grandiose at all. Uh, but at the same time, we were like, we can't, you know, with a, with a conscious mind, like we need to be a hundred percent sure that everything we're doing is worth what people would want to, you know, for example, like pay on a subscription basis or, you know, we, we like took that entire time. And I, I always bring this up anytime I kind of describe it. It's like, I don't think I'll ever find a group of 15 people who will work for no pay for six months full time. Like, like, uh, you know, uh, well, that's the, that's the kicker. That's the, that's, that's what we go back to when we're all sharing a passion. You know what I mean? We did do that. We worked for an extended period of time with 
like Ben said, no monetization. And that's um, that's quite an impressive feat, if you ask me, right, to have a fully staffed thing, right? It's like we all shared this common goal. So, um, you know, if that didn't exist, then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And I think that's what it comes down to. To be completely honest, like that, just hearing your story kind of like gave me chills because like realistically, that's exactly what we've been doing for the past like three months. Like we kind of got together as a random group of guys who had an idea, had a vision, and we decided to try and make it work, put this idea that was in our heads on paper. And realistically, that's exactly what the last three months have looked like for us in our community. Like we've gotten together with, you know, three, four, five, six people who are like-minded, who have the same ideals as us and who really want to get the same thing done. And we all had this same focus on education, right? Looking at a lot of your guys' stuff, it seems like education is the number one things that you guys hit on, whether it's uh, in you know, education and trading, education and investing, education in the general markets, right? The way that uh, us and Kane Capital, the way that we look at education is we try and show people, you know, as traders, we have successful traders who are in our discord. We try and show them, hey, this is what these successful traders are doing. Here's what you can learn from and how you can be successful like them. In terms of OBR and education, how do you guys look at education? How do you guys try and educate your members and make them better traders, better investors for the future. I'll be the first one to say, right? Education is the number one priority, right? And, and it spans over a broad range. Obviously, on our website, right, we've had our analysts and our staff make a pretty in-depth education section all from hand, right? It's all originally written. Everything's done, right? Just 100% by us, right? And then all day, we're just promoting um, the idea of of learning and doing your due diligence, right? Like, we don't like the idea. Like, sometimes, like, People will take plays like if I put out a play, right? I like to give my reasoning behind something and I like to, to do this, right? But we don't want people to necessarily just like blindly follow stuff. We want them to actually understand and comprehend what's going on and know maybe why I took a play or Andy took a play or, or whatever, right? So um, they we want people to be able to leave OBR, right? Because you're not going to stay in a Discord server forever. You're going to have to leave. And we want, you know, hopefully people leave with um, a better idea of how markets work. And, you know, it, it, yeah, I like what you said, right? It's education about markets. It's education about psychology, but it's also just, we're teaching people life lessons, right? Risk management applies to so many uh, faucets of life, right? It's, it's a big deal. So. Yeah. Um, adding on to that, you know, us providing this education, you can't find anywhere else, you know, uh, high school throughout your entire lifespan going high school, middle school, they don't teach you about financial literacy at all. None at all. And it's it's a big thing in real society. You know, you want to learn how to build a retirement portfolio, you know, invest your money correctly, build a credit score, all these sorts. And I really want to show people how to do it because, you know, I'm being a first generation student. I didn't know how to do that. Like I had to learn, read all on my own, you know, how to invest, how to trade. I had to force myself out there out of my own comfort zone to learn how to trade. And with this platform, with OBR, I really want to push that education narrative towards all the members, you know, teach them how to do technical analysis, teach them how to do fundamental analysis, how to do their own, do their own research in um, their stocks, the markets, whatever, um, sorts like that. And it's just like, it's very important to me because by the end of this, you know, you will grow out of OBR, but we want you to grow with knowledge that in which you can apply in the real world, that you can be useful and be successful and be, uh, gain financial freedom. Yeah. And I, the one thing too, that I wanted to add to that and Austin, you were talking about like how we always hammer education and it's, 
you know, not even in a metaphorical sense, but like we literally have, I think we run our live chats are running, like our voice chats are running from like 6 a.m. To 11 p.m., 12? No, more, 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 like 4 a.m. Right. I think there's like two hours of downtime. There's people in there right and, now, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and, and like, it's it's crazy, you know, like, cause we, like, we'll pop in there, you know, like we'll pop in there some for, at some, cause we're there. I spend all day in there, Ben. <laughs> yeah, Austin, Austin and Clayton are in there freaking from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., 6 p.m. every day. Um, either like, either dishing out a live trade or just hanging out, talking and, like feeding questions, generating discussion, getting, cause that's the thing is that a lot of people have such specific questions and getting somebody to really talk about it, especially, you know, someone like an Austin or someone like a Clayton who I thought, you know, I would love for you guys to meet if, if you guys ever uh, talk to him as well. I think it's, uh, it's really one of the most integral parts, you know, people like, I, this is how I describe it. It's like, it's almost become like a, like an Xbox party. Like people literally just join a like, shoot the shit and talk about what they're trading or investing in. You know what I mean? Like it's so, it's so like organic in a way and, and the relationship. It's a melting pot of ideas. Exactly. The personalities, right? Like I said, it's, it doesn't, it's, it's very much about trading and understanding markets, but the, um, the people that we get in the variety of the, the, the minds that enter this chat, the people that I talk to, it's just, it's amazing, right? I learn something new every day. Like I said, it is quite literally just a melting pot of ideas, right? Primarily focused on the markets, but um, there's just so much value in what we offer, right? On our Discord and in just overall as OBR. So um, it, it's it's all just to push that educational narrative. Like that's kind of our our grand scheme, like umbrella term, right? That's what OBR is, right? Another cool thing is it's our community is very diversified. You know, people come from different parts of the world. So it's very interesting seeing their perspectives in the market as well, because, you know, people in the United States will think of one thing, but other people around them would think differently. And we try our best to educate them. And we learn, we try to learn about how to get them into the U.S. markets or stories like that, because, you know, they want to invest in the U.S. market. It's very difficult, we find out. Like, it's very difficult to invest in the U.S. markets. Yeah, there's not very many options for people overseas. That's what I wanted to ask you guys too, though. Like, do you guys notice, and this is one thing that we talk about, um, Andy and Austin, like the sheer amount of non-US residents trading that want to or are trading in the American, you know, markets. It, 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 I think it just goes to show like how widespread this, you know, I, I don't want to sound like cheesy, but like revolution in a way, you know, like never before has there been so much like conviction behind the fact that like, oh, I could actually do this. Like it's not rocket science, but if I put my mind to it, you know, I could, I could try and figure it out, you know? And, and I think that that's, that's like a good, a less of a barrier. You know what I mean? I'm really glad that you guys continue to mention the word education. That's obviously something that is integral, as you said, to, uh, you know, a trader's journey. Let's take someone in the position of, as you just mentioned, okay, I feel like this is something I could tackle and I'm extremely interested in trading, but I want to know the the very cutthroat next steps that I should be taking to get to the level that you guys have already reached. Um, and more specifically, let's say I joined the OBR Discord. Where should I be going? Uh, what resources should I be looking at in order to kind of you know fine tune my skills and perfect my craft? Because there's so much information out there. We talk about this all the time. There's, you know, YouTube, there's a bunch of different discords. There's all these guys on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, giving out all these plays. It can be extremely overwhelming for the newer trader. Using OBR, how are traders able to, you know, get over that learning curve just a little bit quicker? 
Um, I get this question a lot, actually. Uh, a lot of members DM me personally, and they ask, uh, they ask me like, "Hey, where do I start? I'm new in the markets, all this sorts." I tell them, "What is your main goal in trading? You know, do you want this to be a long term build wealth, a generational wealth? Do you want to just make this as an income? You know, your side income of sorts." Um, and then from that point on, I move on and be like, "Hey, if you want to just you know make money inside income." Immediately, just I say read a lot, um, watch a lot of videos, read a lot on uh, option tradings because I know you're here for the alerts and you want to be profitable off of that. But at the same time, though, build your technical analysis skills. And we immediately I direct them to all our educational videos. Um, I try to my best to teach them one on one as well. And even live calls. I have like a group of people. I sit there late at night be like, this is how I do my Fibonacci's. This is how I draw out trend lines long term. How do how do I justify my different trends at different time frames? All that sorts. I dive deep into that. On top of that, I dive deep into so many things that so they can understand as a new trader in the market because there's so much out there and it's very o- overwhelming. It's like diving in the deep end of the pool, but yet you're drowning. You either swim or you drown. Yeah, I just liked what you said in the beginning of your sentence, and I actually wrote it down just so I didn't forget. It, it, it all comes down to the question, what is your goal, right? What are your desires? Like, why are you here, right? And, and from that, once you figure that figure that out and understand why you what, what you want to do, then your path will become much more clear, right? Because there are quite literally millions of different routes and strategies you could take with trading, all of which can be successful if implemented properly, right? But it's all about finding what risk management works for you, what kind of person you are, and, and really what you're looking for, right? Um, and from there, right, once we find that out, it'll be a lot easier to put you in the right direction, right? Because like Andy said, it is. You, you are jumping into the deep end of the pool, especially with this big, um, you know, retail interest in, in, in finance, right? It's like, you don't know what to really believe anymore. Maybe, you know, a few, five, six years ago, it was a little bit more like, oh, this guy's talking about options, you know, he's doing that or whatever. But now it's like, people are a little bit, you know, skeptical. The place is, is crazy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good, right? What is your goal? That's, that's a great, great way to say it, Andy. Another thing is I want to add on is I want them to build a foundation in which that it consists of uh trading strategy, uh risk management strategy, planning to enter a trade and exit a trade because not a lot of traders actually know how to exit trades. So they end up bag holding. That's why you see a lot of traders, you know, having the symbol dominant handing and ended up bag holding and losing all their money. And I had a, recently I was in the gym, one of the front desk guys, he says, yo, OBR is, you know, dope. Before I was trading without OBR, um, he bagged hold $175,000 in GME calls and lost it all and came out with only 20K. And I was like, damn. I was like, if you were in... I was like, if you were in OBR, I would have told you to sell. Like we told one kid uh, to sell his Dogecoin at the top. That was a bad story. Yeah. And he got mad at us. And now now he's happy. He says, yeah, I'm the biggest bag uh, maker in OBR. That's why he <laughs> names the, no, the biggest winner. Yeah, the biggest winner. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, all right, there you go. Let's go. This is like my take on it too. And this is me personally, just from my experience into all this. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like most of you, actually all of you probably will relate. Like you kind of have to be obsessed with it, you know, to be, you kind of have to be a little at some point in the beginning, like you have to be super obsessed. And then like the rest of it, you're still obsessed with it, but you're not staring like at futures till four in the morning every day, you know? Well, it's like anything else, Ben, right? It's like anything that you put your heart, you know, your time and and, and your hard work into, it's going to, you're going to get good at it and it's going to pay off. If you don't put in that time and you don't put in the work, then, um, you know, you're going to find yourself, 
struggling to be successful, I think, especially in a market like this. So yes, yeah, self-learning requires a lot of curiosity, ambition, and drive. If you don't have that at all, you're you're not going to be motivated to learn. You're going to be like, eh, this is not for me, you know, and you will fall out of it. It's not going to be a consistent um, of building of knowledge, foundations, all this sorts to become a, a, a successful trader. Got to want it, man. Got to want it. Got to want it. Exactly. It, it really is all about that, that kind of hunger and that tenacity. And realistically, like when we first started, well, personally, when I first started trading, like Hondo said, like there's just so much information out there that it almost seems like overwhelming. And I was just so curious that I was able to actually dig through all of the bullshit, for lack of a better word, and kind of find those people that I felt um, were trustworthy, A, were smart enough, B, to kind of show me the ropes. And we talked about this before we even hopped on the podcast. I think that this kind of shift towards retail traders really getting involved in the market is something that is not going to stop, right? And obviously, COVID gave it a, a huge push. Everybody was sitting at home watching people make 10, 20K in a day on the stock market. And they were like, wow, like, how can I do that? And that's what really this last wave is. That's what really pushed everybody into um, a lot of retail traders into the market. We've seen that die down a little bit. But I think that, you know, as a longer term trend, that's something that's going to continue. Um, we talked about that before we even started. So I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on the future of financial literacy. We see all these discords popping up. We see all these trading communities that are offering um, similar things to what we're offering. What do you guys think about the future of this space in general, the future of retail traders in general, and the future of you know financial literacy as it, in terms of you know traders teaching traders? Finance is ready for an upgrade, man. You know that, that's one of the things that's been kind of you know I think there's a lot of ignorance, right? Like I, I right, my parents are a little older, and I remember like they're like, oh, when I was your age, like I I didn't have these resources. You know what I mean? I wish I did. So you know, I, you're right. You're correct. The space is going to grow exponentially in an era of information. Uh, you know, as information becomes more exponential, and we progress in technology and all sorts, people are going to drive towards the markets even more. You know, not just that, like even the young people, because the reason why is they have access to their tablets, phones at a very young age, and they're exposed to so many things on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everything you can think of on the social media front. And from what they see, they're like, whoa, like school's not teaching me this, you know, like, like I said before, and they're like, what is something different I can do that can transition me out of doing more than what school is just teaching me? And that's when they start asking the parents about, you know, a uh, how do I start a retirement fund? How do I start a, you know, a trust fund, all that sorts with their family. And I had a few people like um, one of my cousins, he says, hey, I've been seeing a lot of people on, you know, TikTok, on Instagram, posting about their trades, about how they make money. It's like, how do I do that? I said, hey, you first got to start off by learning how paper trade, like I would say paper trade, learn, learn about the markets, start early. If you can start early then you have a advantage in front of everybody. And I think we're going to see a lot of millionaires in the future around the age of like 20s to 30s, like a huge influx out of nowhere because of this, you know? Yeah. And with the, you know, having access to Google, YouTube, you have free information of education out there. You know, you can just easily Google up how to invest in the markets. How, uh, what are cyclical sectors, you know, um, what are the different types of derivatives I can trade in? Like, it's it's amazing that you can grab that information so easily and readily fast compared to, you know, back then in 1990s or something like that. You know, even though there's a huge influx before the dot-com dot crash, you guys didn't know, 
there was a huge influx of retail investors in the market, but that died down because the dot-com crash, which, you know, strayed many retail investors away from the market. I agree with you guys. There has never been more opportunity than there is today for the retail trader, right? We're able to trade these stocks at our fingertips. We take that for granted. Uh, you talk to our parents about something like that and they're like, guys, like, come on, what you currently have, like we didn't, we, they didn't even dream about. I know it's, it's insane. Cause I was literally just about to touch on that. I'm sorry to cut you off. But I just wanted to, before we leave this point, like it's honestly insane that like in 20 years ago, you would literally see a stock in the newspaper and... That was your buy signal. <laughs> that was your buy signal. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you would actually, like you would see it in the Wall Street Journal, you would have to call up your broker. It's crazy. You're doing options on the phone, man. You're like, I want in. Like, crazy. <laughs> it's insane. And like, if you, and like, if you look at it, like this is 20 years later and like you can get... You can literally get dark pool data from unusual whales about somebody who just bought $50 million worth of Apple like four seconds ago. Like, it's kind of crazy the leap that we've taken in the last 20 years. Like, imagine what the next 20 years are going to look like. That's the first point. And then the second point, even what you talked about with that transfer of wealth, like, I I forget where I read this and I, I know I'm going to remember later, but there's something like one to two trillion dollars of wealth that are held, that's held by like, um, you know, the baby boomers and the the older generation in this country that after they pass away, that wealth is going to be transferred down to our generation, the generation before us and the generation after us. All those people who are involved in the retail market, that's where that wealth is going to go. And so the fact that they're sharpening their skills now, once they get infused with that wealth, it's it's going to be game over. It's honestly going to be a, such a transitional moment that I really think that, you know, even if you're not in now, like if you don't have your skills sharpened, you're not late. Like this is still the time to get in, to learn the ropes. And once that wealth transfer happens, that's when things will start to heat up. And I, I'll be the first one to say, man, not only is there a ton of opportunity, right? Online learning finance, but there's also the emergence of new markets, right? We see the cryptocurrency becoming a time, right? We weren't, we, we were uh, born too late to explore the, the planet and born too early to explore the universe, but we were born just in time to get rich off of crypto. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. I love that. Yeah. So it's, um, there's just the amount of opportunity is so immense. It's like mind boggling that, you know, to, to even comprehend what's about to come in the next 20 years. Like, I don't know if you guys are aware, uh, it's no longer the Staples Center, right? The Lakers are playing at Crypto.com Stadium and that's staying there for the next 20 years. So that means, right, Crypto.com is going to be relevant in the year 2042, right? So like just thinking about that, I was thinking about that today and I'm just like, holy shit, right? This is just this is amazing. So Austin, I feel like I feel like we always like this conversation could always be tied back to that whole like information thing that we talk about. It's it's like I, I you just go on. It sounds stupid, but you go on some of these Reddit forums and you're reading some of these guys like DD while you're in bed, like before you close your eyes and you're like, holy shit. Like these like some of them are, you know, not not the best. It's kind of satirical, but of like the reading and even the community reading the sheer amount of information that people can not only find, it's not only being able to find it, but also being able to connect those dots. And that goes with like actually figuring out how shit works. You're able to connect the dots a little bit more. Um, and yeah, that's like the one thing, you know, like it's, I genuinely think that this is kind of just the beginning. Um, and we got asked on the last podcast, if we thought COVID was like the catalyst to this, I don't think it was the catalyst. I just think it made it happen quicker. I think this would have happened uh, either way, maybe five years down the road, maybe 10. I don't know. Um, but this has now been accelerated by, a, you know, a very, very tenfold. You know, very. Yeah, exactly. A very, you know, 
substantial amount and I don't think there's any slowing down. Yeah, Ben, adding on to what you're saying, um, it's like uh, online shopping. It was accelerated, you know, not people are going to in many stores now because of the COVID pandemic where people had lockdown and they order a lot online, like food, grocery store, um, uh, dog food, clothing, all sorts of things. And it, that accelerated too. So there's a lot of things that has been accelerated through the COVID pandemic, you know, so it's very interesting to see that. We obviously all see this incredible opportunity that's coming in the very near future or whether it's the near future or long term. We know that what we're currently doing uh, is a growing space. So as a newer trader, as a newer retail trader, I'm seeing or put someone who's in those shoes, I'm seeing so much money being made. Uh, now we have crypto that's just becoming absolutely insane, as you mentioned before. Um, retail traders are making more money than ever. But we have guys like you, OBR, like Kane Capital, who are the, here for educational purposes, who are willing to put all the BS aside and really teach traders you know, how to game plan, how to take trades, how to take profits in order to you know, create strong traders, as you said, because earlier in the podcast, you, t- you guys touched on how yeah, people are going to come to OBR, but the goal is to for them to leave eventually. Um, you know, as better traders. So, coming into the market, uh, you know, new, fresh, seeing so much opportunity. What are some tips that you guys would give to newer traders in order for them to see through the BS and to understand that there's yes, there's money being made, but this is a long game, and this is something that you know it takes time, and you have to consistently work at it because. I know for a fact, without even asking you guys, you didn't wake up one day to the next and become excellent traders. Yeah, um, I can speak on that, actually. Uh, so imagine a pro MLB baseball player, you know, they trained all their lives to be, get to where they are, are at. You know, it, you can't just immediately wake up and become a star trader, like you said. And I think what traders, retail traders who are going into new in the markets don't know anything, they should just start from the basics, understanding what the market is, learn the history of it, you know, um, learn the different markets within the markets, you know, the different sectors, you know, start at the basic levels. And then from that point on, you start paper trading at the same time, build capital in your portfolio by investing in like blue chip stocks, you know, like Nvidia, um, Apple, sorts. Like if you invest stocks like that and let it grow, by the time you actually start trading, um, fine-tuning your skills from paper trading, that's when you can actually trade with the money you have developed and build upon that long-term portfolio and turn into like a, you know, an active portfolio. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And I started trading in a similar fashion. So I had already built myself a strong portfolio. It took me a year or two just to even, you know, understand how a lot of these stocks moved, right? Because you go on Twitter uh, and you see like these, we call them runners, and there's, there's these small caps like popping left and right. But I was kind of numb to that at an early stage only because I had seen my portfolio grow you know, over time. And I understood that, listen, it doesn't ha- have to happen today, which is what I talked about earlier. Um, so again, a lot of new traders get sucked into making these gains like so quickly. And you know, it, it is extremely enticing because you see someone triple your account and you're like, shit, dude, like I'm working a job right now. Like I'm working at McDonald's. If I just, if I wake up and do that tomorrow, I can quit. But again, the, the odds of that happening are so slim. Um, we preach over and over and over that risk management is so important. You know, the, the YOLO, the YOLO BS that happened in February with GME and AMC is just unrealistic and traders should not base that uh, or their, their trading style off of that moving forward. They, they can't base their, you have to understand, right? If I, 
if you put me back in March of 2020 and you blindfolded me and gave me darts and you're like, okay, here's all the stocks in the world and on the market, throw a dart, right? I'm sure you're going to do well, right? Everything did well in that, that market. So, I mean, stuff is, um, you know, it's, we're getting real and, um, it's, I don't know, Andy, what do you think? So what I think, I think, I think social, I think social media is to blame for it. Uh, that's the thing, you know, social media, uh, blew it out proportion in which that, uh, many traders think like, Hey, I can make a thousand dollar, you know, percent, a thousand percent gain on this one trade only. No way. No way. That's like a, a once in a, once in a month or once in a blue moon, you know, like it's a lucky trade because, you know, like people who are trading are constantly trading based off technical analysis, fundamental analysis. These traders know what they're doing. And if you see that and you try replicate what they're doing, you know, even on top of that discords, uh, servers, a lot of analysts, you know, try to, you know, like show that off. I say it's not really healthy because by the time this pandemic is over, the market stimulation is over. You're going to see which discord servers, which, um, you know, founding, uh, uh, trading servers are the strongest because they know how to adapt to the change of the non-stimulated market and actually know how to trade in non-stimulated markets. Seeing this market kind of flatten out over the past few months, I think, right, in lack of a better word, kind of exposed a few people. I don't know. Right? I don't know how else to say it. But uh, yeah, no, that's a problem we face, man. We need to be down to earth and, and, and kind of leveled with reality with our trades. You can't be looking for 100% gainer every time. If people know me, right, on a day trade, I'll take 10% on a trade. Like I'm out. Like I'm like, great. That's that's fantastic. Like I'm historically outperforming the S&P 500, not in recent times, but, you know, looking at its whole lifespan, it's a pretty good trade, right? So um, there's a lot of, you're right. There's a lot of people in in these, in the social media world, they, they see stuff and, and they want a piece of it. They're like, Oh, I want to make a thousand percent too. But you know, that's achievable, but it's not going to come without putting in the work. It can, but you know, you want to, you want to eliminate luck as much as you can, you know, patience is key. Yeah. I think like the, as much as the markets are changing, you know, like we're talking about the one thing that will, I at least think will, and I think you guys would agree too, that would never change is that this is a long-term game. Like you need to be able to find your edge and that edge needs to be able to be held over a long time. Um, otherwise you lose the game. You know, that that's really how, how it has been. And I think it will continue to be so. Um, some people can get lucky, you know, like we always see people get lucky and it's great, you know, like it, good for you. I never, I don't think we, we'll never be like, oh, like uh, this, this and that, but we'll say, hey, you know, good, uh, good work. But next time, definitely, Definitely think this one through because if it went the other way around, yeah, it wouldn't have went well. Exactly. And so like, that's, that's the one thing that I think is important is that you got to be, if like the people who really want those ups are not the people who can handle those downs either. And so it's really about like under, it's really, I think being able to be sucked, like we said, into this virtual world, into this community, if you have like a good supportive community, like, like our community or your community, for example, I, the second we see peop, anybody who it might be even get an inkling of doing something that is frankly completely irrational, we'll automatically you know have somebody uh, a staff member or something be like, okay, man, like hey, like I always say the same thing, like I don't, I hate seeing people lose their hard-earned money. Like that's not seeing that would like like is such a not a good feeling to anybody in the room, and it's like if we can stop people from doing that, especially the newest, the newer people who are expecting the moon, but they see hell the next morning. And 
you know, that that's that's something I think is really important. Being able to have that community, that support is incredible because you join, you click a link and you're automatically connected to 32,000 people. We're going to tell you um, to not throw uh, your $5,000 portfolio into weekly GME calls, you know, so it's like, it's one of those things that I think is like a small kind of effort, but it goes a long way because it really kind of straightens somebody out from the get go, you know? Right. I think, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, of, um, Naval, but Naval is essentially like an entrepreneur and he's, um, like a philosopher of sorts on Twitter. And I listened to, he had like a tweet storm once and he was talking about, uh, he touched on luck. He was talking about how there's different types of luck. And one of the types of luck that he talked about was essentially luck that comes from drumming up. Like you do enough things, you, you put in enough effort, you drum up enough effort that luck finds you. Right. And I think that that's something important to think about in terms of the market, because that is kind of how it works for a lot of people, right? Like there's, I know of a trader, um, very good friends and he actually, he, he's been trading for a long time. He was trading all through um, 2020 trading options and he was doing well. Don't get me wrong. He was, he was doing a good job. And then um, January comes and playing the same strategy he had played the past like six months, he played AMC and he played AMC uh, like weekly, weekly options, I think. And then he did the same thing like the next two weeks and the kid made like half a million dollars. And like, that's a scenario where that's, putting in so much effort into something like that you actually drum up enough energy that luck eventually finds you. And it's not saying that for everybody who, you know, does something repetitively for six months, you're going to make half a million dollars. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that if you're somebody who finds a, stra- finds a strategy, finds an edge, like Ben talked about, eventually something, something like that will happen where you're going to get a, a good break and you'll be able to turn that edge into profit, right? And that's where we always try and stress in our Discord where there's going to be times where I would say like 90% of the time, you're just preserving capital, preserving capital for when the market hands you that perfect hand, right? You're you're constantly, we're, we're constantly taking plays for 10%, 20%, 10%, 20%, right? Like taking these small profits. Austin preaches that. Austin Austin's a single and double preacher. Exactly. We, we, we talk about this all the time. Like you just, most of the time that you're trading, you're preserving capital for when the market hands you that, that ace king suited and you can really go all in and actually make a nice gain. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we're up every day at seven, six o'clock, seven o'clock a.m., that's why we do this. So that when that does happen, we're there and we're ready to take advantage. But the other 90% of the time, you need to preserve that capital for when you do get that perfect hand, you have something to play it with. If you waste all of your capital in the meantime and that other 90% of the time on just terrible hands that the market's giving you, you're going to have $0 left for when you get that perfect hand. What are you, how are you going to play it? What are you going to do? Like, And that's that's what's really sad, honestly, is for people who have this dedication and they're playing all the time, constantly... And then when they do get dealt that perfect hand, they don't have enough money to even go all in. And so that's that's what I would say is that you just got to preserve your capital. I like what you said, man. Preserving your capital is important. It's all about surviving another day in the market, right? If you you don't want to blow up an account, you need to you need to keep the, uh, the green flowing. So it's a rich man's casino. It's a rich man's casino. <laughs> and and one thing too is like the thing that we can you know because of experience, and I think it comes with experience is that. When you're, you know, when you're investing, maybe, maybe you're doing a little bit of technicals. I would say most people are investing based on some fundamentals. 
Um, but when, when we were, you know, actively trading, like you're playing a game of probabilities and you need to be able to a understand how to like understand how to get that probability and how to leverage that probability. Like we said, like, no, over time, because if you can only leverage that probability when the markets are only going up, then you're a pretty good trader, but you know, being able to leverage probability on all sides of the spectrum, you know, if, if things are going up, you can play the upside. If things are going down, you can play the downside. If you're a guy who plays uh, condors, you can play, uh, you know, when things are going sideways, for example. So it's, um, I think it's, it's really kind of, you know, it's it really interesting to see the the different ways that you can go about it in a way. Make the odds in your favor. That's what I would say for that, Ben. Make the odds towards your favor. If you don't have those odds in your favor, you're going to lose money because, um, people going in blind, not making the odds. And like, if you have a 20% chance of winning that trade, what's the point of getting that trade and risking $500, $700, $1,000 in that trade or going all in. We see a lot of traders going all in on an earnings trade. We tell them like, Hey man, this is a 50, 50 shot. And looking at the TA, looking at the fundamental analysis, looking at the company, what, what might occur. It's a 50, 50 trade. And most likely it's, pouring turns the downside and you can get ivy crush on your trades and all sorts if it feels like gambling it probably is man i was about to say it's honestly a lot of times it's it's less than a it's less than a um a 50 50 chance like especially if you're playing options like it could definitely be less than a 50 50 chance and that's the thing that i think going from common shares to options that a lot of people make that mistake is like you know i'm taking this bet i'm either gonna oh like it's it's binary like options are not binary like you can get in on monday the price is at 45 you get 46 calls and then it goes down the entire week and then on Friday it winds up popping the 4650. You're still gonna be down in your trade. And it's like, oh, well, the stock went up. And it's like, no, like there's so many other variables that you have to account for. So I think that, you know, understanding what you're buying, particularly when it comes to options and and other leveraged products, like that's beyond important, which is why I think that you guys do a good job at educating people and stuff like that. Like I think that that's really key. You gotta know what you're buying. So that's what I'll say on that. Yeah. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I remember I was talking like to some guy and he was like, he was like, you know, on who we were talking about like statistics or something. He's like, if you had a two for one payout, let's say this is just a hypothetical on anything possible, whether two for one payout on cheeseburgers, I don't know. Um, you only have to be right 40% of the time, right? Because if you're, if you're getting, if your probability is net positive, you know, you can, if you can figure that out in a way, and this is, you know, just being able to use simple numbers, but if you can figure out how to make your probabilities net positive over that long term, um, then, Hey, it looks like you might've uh, figured it out. And if not, then you're definitely one step closer. That's for sure. All right. Thank you, fellas. I think we're going to begin to wrap up here. This was an awesome interview. You guys are all extremely knowledgeable and just telling your story fires me up. So I know the listeners are going to be really excited to hear from you guys. Um, you know, you started as a group of traders that had a similar goal in mind and being able to pull it off. Obviously, you know, in listening to you guys, you still have a strong future ahead of you. And, you know, I think we're still in the early innings of OBR uh, by the sounds of it. But again, really impressive what you guys have begun to to pull off and have pulled off to this point. And 
We would love to have you guys on for another episode at some point, just because I feel like we could talk forever and get more into detail about, you know, some of the strategies that we use as traders and, you know, continue to give tips and tricks to help the listeners. So again, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you, man. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having us. And yeah, literally this, this was definitely like one of the coolest experiences. I think that, uh, we're relatively you know, close to age. And like, like we said, we got connected through a mutual friend and yeah, this was a dope experience. I I like this. I liked it a lot. Yeah, man. No, I I loved it myself. Before we close up, let's, uh, let's plug your guys' socials. Cause I know you're on, you're on everything, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So go ahead. All right. Well, let's see. I will do, I'll do the OBR investing. So at OBR investing, uh, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. Um, you can you can click on our beacons link. It'll probably be quicker <laughs> to get it to everything. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll put that in the uh, in the description of this episode. But uh, yeah, Austin and Andy, you guys are the Twitter heads. So <laughs> yeah, uh, my Twitter is Anderson Win. So E with an E instead of an A, uh, and last name Win W I N instead of the N G U Y N. You know, so that's my Twitter handle for you guys. All right, my mine is Aliknak. I know it's kind of crazy. It's just my last name backwards. A L L I C. Creative one. N A C. Real creative, right? right? Give me a follow. Hey, I love it. I'm always on Twitter. It's it's my. I think it's my favorite app. I have an addiction, but it's okay. You know. No, we love we love it as well. Agreed. All right. Once again, I'll thank you guys for joining us, Noah. This was an awesome episode, bro. I'll see you next week. Absolutely, bro. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find in our podcast and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise.